in the pocket a show where BIPOC, black, indigenous, people of color, creatives, artists, and culturists come together and talk about their inspirations, share their narrative, and explore culture. You are listening to In the Pocket with your host, Flo Edwards, and our guest today is Maya Williams. She's a poet and a writer. Please introduce yourself. I'm Maya. Um, my name is Maya Williams. I go by they, them, and she, her pronouns. I'm a spoken word poet, uh, an actor uh, based in Portland. I also work. Uh, I also work as a uh, as a sexual assault program coordinator full time with Mate Transnet. Yeah. Great. I thought you, do you have a residency going right now with MFA? I do, yeah. I have a low residency MFA with Randolph College uh, with uh, in creative writing with a focus in poetry. Great. Yeah. How's that been going? It's been going really well. I, I like the low residency format a lot because instead of doing this, this thing where it's like, okay, five classes per semester and doing a lot of busy work, not that there's anything wrong with that for other for for other people, but like it's nice having like a week long of lectures and then having one-on-one instruction with a faculty member I really admire, uh, Eloisa Amescua. Uh, she's a fabulous poet. I would highly suggest checking out her work. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. How long is the residency for? The residency is for um is for four semesters. I'm finishing up my first semester now. Uh, so the hope is to be done by like by like 2022, 2021. Math. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know residency residencies were like years long. It de- it depends on the one you you sign you sign up for because like this is like an academic residency um, and then I um, I've done a I've done a week long residency with uh, with Hugh and Oates where it's just. Uh, be, being on their site, just focusing on writing projects without like an academic format. Um, I have a residency coming up with uh, Sundress Academy for the Arts, and that's another week-long getaway thing where it's just focusing on write, writing without particular assignments. Yeah. I noticed you mentioned that you're an actor as well. Yeah. Tell me, I did not know that, so yeah, please tell me. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've done acting with the organization Speak About It, um, and they also do consent education, um, and before the pandemic, I was a part of a play called Storage, uh, and that play received a grant from Space Gallery, uh, to perform a play about our relationship with things and stuff, um, and our, our relationship with things and stuff when it comes to uh, cla- classism and when it comes to imaginativeness, when it comes to uh, r- religious culture too. Um, and that was such a good joy to be a part of. Um, and hopefully that recording will be out soon so that people could see it because we do have footage of it. So Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you, was the first thing you did for acting with Speak About It? Actually, the first thing I did with acting, uh, I like, I was, I've been acting since high school. Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I would act in, um, like I would do short things like, uh, like, 
uh, like the like the vagina monologues in college and when I first moved here I collaborated with uh, with a theater company consensual daydreamers where they do consent-based theater with the vagina monologues and the Rocky Horror Picture Show and those were pretty great yeah who did you play in the Rocky Horror Picture Show the first year with Rocky I was a dancer so I was background and then the next year I played the criminologist Ooh, fun. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So I know for, I think, a couple of years now, you've been doing a, a writing workshop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just got so excited. I love um, it. Yeah. Um, so it's a writing workshop on Sunday mornings. Um, uh, back in pre-COVID, we had them at Quill Books and Beverage. Um, since March, they've been online, and it's just an hour of working on a prompt together uh, during the first half of the workshop and then the second half of the workshop people share their work from outside of the prompt in order to get uh, more critical feedback or to share any artistic events coming up and it's just a really nice space to to talk about our feelings and decompress and also process what we need to and sit in sit in discomfort in a way that's healthy um, and making sure we're checking in with one another as we're writing. So I really appreciate that space and I appreciate the community set up from that. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and you're more than welcome to come and log in on a Sunday, please do. <laughs> I'll try to check that out, yeah. I'm not much of a, a writer myself, so I think I've been like, well, that's great. And Also, another thing I would like to add um, is that um, Sharing is never a requirement because I understand that some folks may have anxieties around sharing out loud or like it's not ready yet. Um, so all I ask is that you write um, and you'd be surprised with like with like 99.9% .9 of everybody going like, oh, I'm not a writer. And then it's like, I thought you said you weren't a writer. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Look at this verse you created here. Okay. <laughs> okay, touche, touche. So being a mentor for the writers, has um, any of your students, so to speak, branched out or done something that you were like, wow, I can't believe I was a part of that? It's, re it's really, really, really fascinating because like, cause, like, I remember like someone had asked me, um, do you lead these workshops? And I said, sure because of like when it comes to terminology around power dynamics when it comes to traditional workshop formats like uh like like for example a lot of workshop facilitators don't write with the people they're they're facilitating a workshop with and i find that very odd like why um and because because you're why won't you engage, engage in something that you know yourself a lot about why won't you engage with it with the community that you're trying to build um, so I so I try my best to be careful about power dynamic terminology around that. Um, but what has been fascinating though is like I love hearing from people who are like I've been inspired to write this week, or hey I submitted to this publication and I want to share it, um, and things of that nature. And those make me super excited. Yeah. We're just cutting grass today. Um, Cuts grass like three times a week. He's retired. I'm like, it's not that long. It's not that long. But as you can see, I'm not a big grass cutter. Um, Your home is beautiful. Oh, I, hope, I, hope, I hope people know this. The home is beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so with your writing workshop, um, the virtual chats that you're doing, are they also workshops? Or are they? Well, how is a virtual chat different from a, a workshop? The, uh, the virtual chat with Matt yeah. Theater coming up. 
That's this Friday coming, right? Yeah, so this Friday with Mad Horse Theater, um, different artists get to share things about their work for seven minutes, uh, whether that be uh, uh, showing what their artistic discipline looks like or just sharing like, hey, get involved with this with me and stuff like that. So, yeah. Is this your first time working with Mad Horse? No, I actually got to work with them where, uh, during uh, the holiday uh, version of the Port Fringe Festival. Because Nor normally the Port Fringe Festival took place on uh, during the summertime. Um, and then they did like a special thing uh, over the holiday season where it was like, hey, a lot of people like your show during the summer. Would you like to perform at Mad Horse Theater for, uh, before Christmas time? And it's like, yes. Nice. So um, that'll be this Friday uh, on the 18th, and it's from 7 to 8.30 p.m.? Yeah. Okay. Um, have you done other virtual chats? Um, not so much as, well, not so much as virtual chats, but um, like I did, I did something with Speak About It recently where they had their telethon for their 10th anniversary, and I got to share poems for five to 10 minutes during that time. And I facilitated uh, online workshops with, uh, with other organizations uh, based in Maine and New Hampshire. Um, and uh, I, would, I would submit uh, applications to facilitate workshops online as well. Um, and uh, yeah, stuff, stuff like that. Great. It seems that you've transitioned successfully since <laughs> COVID, right? <laughs> that's what it seems like. Well, like that's, Super, that's super complicated because it's like when COVID first hit, a lot of artists were affected financially. Like a lot of gigs were getting canceled that was supposed to pay rent. Um, uh, I was I was freelancing before I started working with Maine Transnet in May. Uh, so when COVID first hit, it was super hard. And it was a matter of trying to find a new set of routine. And I, and I want to be careful about saying like, oh, this is the new normal because it's like, this should not be normal right now. None of the things that we're facing right now, pre or post COVID should be normal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I does, it does help that I, I am forming a, a new routine of sorts when it comes to working uh, in sexual assault programming and in writing programs and working on my own writing for sure. So you also have this month coming up with the uh, P-Studios? Yes. Yes. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, so that's in collaboration with P-Studios and the Interfaith Youth Corps. Uh, back in college, I used to work with the Interfaith Youth Corps on uh, Interfaith Work for Higher Education. Uh, they're based in Chicago. I used to used to travel to Chicago a lot in college for that, um, and it's been really great working with them too because uh, because they financed a grant uh, to do an interfaith open mic series with the Dharma House uh, last year, um, and and they've and they've offered me a grant to pay for part of my MFA program, um, and it's been really great working with them as far as how do we intersect uh, faith and worldview with art and then presented this opportunity where it's like hey the peace studios wants to do 
a full-on thing about faith and art, and we'd love for you to collaborate with, with these artists of different artistic backgrounds and faith backgrounds. Would you be into it? Yes, there's an honorarium as well, and it's like, yes, we do. <laughs> when you say an honorarium, um, I don't know what that means. I, oh, sorry, yeah. but like, uh, like, like uh, they're like, yes, you will be compensated, because for artists, especially right now, it's like, yes, we want to be, we deserve to be compensated for our work. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Honorarium, I love that. I, didn't know. <laughs> I would think like stipend or something, but yeah. <laughs> when you're an artist, they call it an honorarium. It depends on who you're working with. I've heard I've heard stipend too, okay. or like or like yes, you'll be compensated, or there's a payment of such and such. It depends on the terminology, whatever people want to use. So you said in college you traveled to Chicago a lot. Well, yeah. where did you go to undergrad? I went to undergrad at East Carolina University and was involved on a spoken word team as well as an interfaith organizing uh, organizing group. Um, and then for and then I moved to Maine for grad school in uh, 2017 to get my social work degree. Nice. Yeah. Uh, when did you finish the social work degree? I finished that in 2018. Oh, congrats. Thanks. Yeah. And you seem to have liked Maine because you've stayed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like my stepmom called me the other day too. She was like, hey, are you going to move back to North Carolina anytime soon? I'm like, oh. <laughs> Ask me again in a couple of years, but I don't think so. <laughs> what have you uh, really enjoyed about Maine? What's kept you here? The art. The art? Yeah, nice. Definitely the artistic community here um, and the poetry community at Port Veritas. They're an open mic series that I run. Uh, Pre-COVID, they were at Bull Feenies, and now they've been online Tuesday nights. Um, and we try to have an open mic and then a featured poet, and our donations are able to compensate that poet for uh, for the work they share during their featured slot. Okay. So the the open mic you were doing at Bolfinis, who was the, who was your sponsor? What, I didn't catch who else you were oh, working with. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so so the name of the open mic series is Port Veritas. So that's that's the name of it. And okay. and we and we had those open mics at at Bolfinis pre-COVID. Um, and now it's just been on Zoom. Okay. All right, that's great. You still get a pretty good turnout with the open mic at or Port Veritas. It's it's interesting transitioning to online because it's like we recognized that we had to shorten our time frame, uh, like because when we were in person, we were able to go for like two hours and it'd be normal. But then now it's like you can't be looking at a screen for two hours without getting exhausted. Um, and, and also we recognize how attendance tends to be more prevalent when we have a featured poet that night so that folks have have a, have a reason to show up, especially if they're like, I don't want to sign up for the open mic tonight. Um, so it's been fascinating transitioning to online. Nice. Who have been some of your uh, featured poets? Yeah, we, uh, we've had Ali, uh, who works with Maine Inside Out and Maine Youth Justice. Uh, we have Rach Jackson coming in December. Uh, uh, she wrote the book, uh, Even the Saints Audition with Button Poetry. Uh, we've had we've had Gigi Bella uh, a month ago, and she wrote the book Big Feelings with Game Over Books. Um, so it's been really exciting getting a wide range of, of artists right now to feature. So, um, have you worked a lot with the Maine Writers and Publication Alliance? Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, 
So I, I submitted to their chapbook contest and was a finalist. Um, and thank you. Um, and I was going to do a work a workshop um, in August, but uh, due to due to everything going on, like we didn't have high enough tur turnout, so we weren't able to do it. Um, but but yeah, I have been able to, to work with them a, a little bit, and I published a poem for their deep water column with the uh, with the Portland Press Herald. Yeah. Um, how many publications have you been in? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you can find the exact number on my website, mayawilliamspoet.com, okay. uh, because uh, I've published a good amount of poems and a good amount of essays as well. Um, so. What year was your first publication? Because, uh, I mean, in college, my first, like for a college print, it was 2014, 2015. Um, Post college, uh, 2018. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that you are always striving to keep being published as well as doing the open mics? And, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I love keeping a mix of that, and I admire the different ways that poetry can be heard out loud as well as seen on the page and my MFA program is able to show that as well. So that's good. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, with your poems being published, are you in the process of maybe doing like a collection to be published? Or? Yeah, I very much want to do a collection and very much working on that and how a lot a lot of writers are working towards that and submitting to different places and therefore receiving a lot of rejection, um, which is normal, yeah. which is super duper normal. Um, <laughs> and um, I actually, I was actually a featured poet uh, with Frost Meadow Review, uh, so they had an anthology of poets um, and the featured poet gets more poems uh, published in that um, than, than other contributors and that's in volume two of their publication. Um, so feel free to check that out. Yeah, oh, thank you. Um, I'm just curious, when things are published, is there, do you know what the honorarium is going to be before you apply? Or? Yeah, yeah, so, not so fun fact, uh, compared to other genres of writing, poetry tends to be the least funded. Um, so, so very few of my publications have been compensated for. Um, uh, so, and I and I recognize that I tend to be published more so for essays than poems. Yeah. And the essays are a higher ranking, unfortunately, I guess, or fortunately, yeah, than it's poems. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's very strange. Like uh, when it comes to poets being compensated, the majority of their funding comes from a book, a book that they published, or or speaking gigs that they do. Um, so. Yeah. Um, have you been writing poems about COVID lately, or? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I actually actually wrote a poem um, for my MFA program because, like, COVID has brought another opportunity to like write to sorry to watch more television than usual, um, and I remember like watching America's Next Top Model a lot. And, uh, and I wrote a poem about like if America's Next Top Model decided to do like a web edition during COVID. I wrote a poem about that, um, and 
I was involved with the with a writing group where we would email poems to one another every Sunday, and I've written like a good portion of poems about COVID, especially in April. Oh my God! So. Yeah, April was a long month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love how you talked about we shouldn't be really saying the new normal. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel like I've settled into a, a new normal. <laughs> Do you feel that you have settled into the new change? Uh, I feel like there's still gonna be changes. Like there's always going to be new. There's always gonna be new new realizations, and like I I feel like this time has made me focus more on the uncertainty. Um, and focus more on my mental health in particular, like uh, especially after after considering whether or not to get on meds for a really long time. Like I decided to get on uh, get on meds in late July, so that's been a change. So and and yeah, and with the whole thing of how we don't know what's gonna happen, how during this time now people are like shying their way out is like oh we're slowly opening things that can be closed down at any moment. We don't know yet. Yeah, we really don't. <laughs> yeah. So, but it sounds like you have embraced COVID really well. I oh mean, no, not yeah. embraced okay. it at all. <laughs> oh my God, no! I was crying uh, with my partner like last week about how like like I don't, like I like I haven't hugged many people and like and like I don't know what's gonna happen this holiday season. Like COVID is just taking a lot of things from me. I have not embraced. COVID. Not by any means. <laughs> bad phrase. Bad phrasing there. Um, but for holidays, do you usually travel back? Is your family in North Carolina? Yeah, my yeah. family's in North Carolina. Uh, last last Christmas, I spent it with my partner's family in Maine. Um, the, but the hope, as of right now, is to is to visit my visit my family in North Carolina this holiday season. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed for you. Yeah. Um, we usually, I usually visit my in-laws every other year, so, and I, they're, they're lovely people, but I don't like going back to Kansas, typically, so yeah. I'm actually kind of happy. I'm like, oh my goodness, we don't have to go to Kansas this year. <laughs> so I've embraced COVID when it comes to some things like that. <laughs> like, yes, did it for me, COVID. Um, So you have two regularly uh, regularly scheduled writing workshops or um, activities where you have the open mic once a week, is it, or is it quarterly? Yeah, we have we have the open mic once a week. There's actually no workshop portion with the open mic. Um, uh, yeah, it's just it's just the open mic and then a featured poet reading. Uh, so that's on Tuesday nights uh, at 8 p.m. on Zoom, and then there's the Sunday workshops at 10:30 a.m. And did you start those at the same time, roughly? Like the transition online? Um, no, just the beginning of. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So I, so I actually joined Port Veritas as soon as I first moved here. Like I, I was looking up poetry events in the Phoenix, and they listed um, Port Veritas. And at first, like I got involved with them, just started showing up every night. And then uh, the founder Nate had asked me. Hey, do you want to host one night? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and then in in like November, and then in like November 2018, it was like, hey, would you want to 
book features, we trust your judgment. And so then I've been more head on in that ever since then. Um, and with the Sunday workshops, initially it was supposed to last for only a month in July 2018 and then people just continued to show up and wanted more of it and then asking the founder Allison who is fantastic um, <laughs> and is also a uni social work grad uh, graduate um, so I was like we're friends um, <laughs> um, I had asked her like hey could these keep going and she was like I don't see why not so it's been great yeah I'm glad I kind of heard about Port Veritas because you were hosting it. Yeah. So I thought it was something you started. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And there's another thing, the Dirty Garun Poetry. Am I saying Ooh. that right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I got to so I got to do a, a double feature with Miles Bullen, who is an incredible rapper and poet. Oh my god. He's fantastic. His workshops are on Wednesday evenings. Please check him out. Um, and that was that was a wonderful night. And I remember pre-COVID, we were supposed to double feature there in person in Massachusetts. Um, but but luckily, we were able to maintain our feature date um, and do it online. So, I feel that a lot of people who transition to online feel that it's more international. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that like that. Yeah, more people from like outside of my regional area uh, have been able to like log into things. Like um, there, I have one I have one friend from college based in North Carolina who's been able to come to the workshops since we transitioned to online and that's been phenomenal. Um, at Miles's workshop, there's one person who was like, I'm a rapper from Georgia and I just saw this on, on Eventbrite and he's like, that's cool. <laughs> so um, for payment for the your workshop for writing and do people pay for the open mic participation so for the sunday workshop it's yes. a 10 to 15 dollars sliding scale uh like if people don't have the funds it's completely understandable capitalism is evil um, <laughs> um and us and us and with uh and with the open mics uh, at port veritas we uh we ask for donations of of three dollars or more um, and, and again, people are not going to be turned away for not having the funds. Capitalism is evil and we're in a pandemic that's affected all of our finances. Um, but, uh, but yeah, finances are, are very much appreciated, but I'm not going to for force anybody to feel obligated to do that, especially if they don't have it. Thank you so much. Um, please let people know what's the plug. How can people reach you? Yeah, people can reach me. I have a, I have an artist Facebook page. Um, okay, so the thing about the Facebook page, I love getting messages about, um, hey, I love your poems, and like, hey, would you mind doing this, doing this gig? Uh, hey, would you mind doing this? What I don't like is cisgender men saying, how are you doing today? Um, I don't like that. Please don't do that. That makes me very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> um, I also have a Twitter, uh, at E-M-M-D-U-B-B-1-6, so M-Dub-16, uh, that's also the name of my Instagram, um, and I have a website, mywilliamspoet.com, I have a Patreon as well that you can donate to, um, and the various online apps that you can donate to are, uh, my, my William 16 Venmo, 
uh, Williams May 13 Cash App. Um, and PayPal is mywilliams16 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to In the Pocket. Our guest today is Maya Williams, and you are listening to WMPG 90.9 Southern Maine Community Radio.